Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Just updating the Big Bash match at Optus Stadium. Darcy short, four not out. Ashraf is three not out. After 11 overs, the Hurricanes, who won the bat flip and decided to have first use of the wicket at Optus Stadium, a five for 71. We'll keep an eye on that between now and the end of the program here on Sports Day. All thanks to Kia with Peter Vlahos here on this Wednesday. Joining us now is Chris Coyne, uh, Senior Assistant Coach at the Perth Glory to Ruben Zadkovic. Uh, what is going to be a pretty big night come Saturday night. It's almost like uh, some of the former Perth Glory players are returning, a former coach is returning. Melbourne Victory are sitting at the bottom of the A-League table. Who would have thought in their wildest dreams that would have happened? The Glory are certainly playing very well at home. Three games in eight days for two wins and a draw and a come-from-behind draw against Sydney FC last Saturday. Things are looking on the up for the Perth Glory. Let's find out the reasons why. Chris Coyne joins us. Hello, Chris. How are you? Good evening, Peter. How are you, mate? You must be looking forward to Saturday night. This is a term matches blockbuster, and it's normally between teams that finish maybe one and two on the table. These two sides are sitting, I think, what, ninth and twelfth, and it is a blockbuster for a lot of other reasons. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. I think uh, the way that you've just pumped it up there and the, and the chairman gave it a blast uh, the other week as well. So, listen, it's, it's you know, for us, it's it's another game. Um, we respect Melbourne Victory and Tony Popovich and his team, you know, with the utmost respect. They're a, a massive club and they've got a great history. But do you know what? At the end of the day, they've got to come to Macedonia Park and, you know, we're going to prepare the boys uh, to go out there and, and do all our, our fans and, and our members um, proud because I think we're on a good run at the moment and they deserve that. It's interesting. I was talking to someone yesterday who certainly follows a lot of sport and he actually said something to me that I thought he's probably right in what he says. He reckons that football as we know it, soccer to many people in Australia, is probably the cruelest game. Because and I said, why did you say that? And you've played and you can understand. He says, you could have total control of the game and not score. Then you make, uh, well, you could have total control of the game and not score, hit crossbars, great saves by the keepers, miss penalties. And then you make one mistake at the back and you lose. And he said, that's why it's cruel. Yeah. And of course, with the penalty, and with the penalty shootout, that's also penalty cruel. Shootout, yeah. I was just so is it, is, it the, yeah. is it the cruelest game, do you think? In my opinion, cricket's the cruelest game. Because I just heard you reading the, reading the Scorchers score out before. So, you know, every ball's an opportunity to get you out and you don't get another opportunity that game. So I think for me, cricket's the cruelest game, but football is definitely the cruelest mistress. Um, you know, you can play so well some games and, and you can be on the on the back end of a 94th minute loss. Uh, Newcastle this year in, in round two, you know, they were down to 10 men. We were all over them. And then they counter-attacked and, and scored that goal. And that was one of my lowest moments in football. Um, you know, we were really deflated. I was deflated after that game. So the highs are, the highs are really high and, and you enjoy them so much. But um, it's it, it certainly got a way of bringing you back down to earth. And I think that's why I've got such a passion for the game. You know, it's, it's, you've got to keep very steady and very even 
um, in terms of those highs. But yeah, it definitely hurts you when you know there's those opportunities that you miss, um, and that probably sums us up earlier on in the year, Pete. I thought we were good at you know through a lot lot of periods during the year. Um, and because we, we didn't defend, you know, certain situations, well, we, we got hurt for it. So I definitely agree with you on that. It, it, the game's got a real opportunity to kick you when, you, when you're down. But at the moment, the boys are in, in good spirits. Um, everyone's fit and, and, and ready to go. So we're just looking forward to this game this weekend after um, what I thought was a really, really resilient performance against Sydney last weekend. It was, uh, but I must admit, you know, watching the match there last Saturday night, you couldn't get your foot on the ball in the opening 10 minutes. Sydney just had total control and really, for the most part, had control in the first 45 and they led by two goals to nil. And I remember saying all it needs is an early goal in the second 45 by the glory and it's game on. And that's exactly what happened. So what was said at halftime? Because to be fair, you're second to the ball in the first half. Yeah, mate. To be fair, I had, a, I had a bit of a go at the boys in the warm-up, and it, uh, I could see it. Having played, you know, in the UK, in Europe, you play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and it's sort of play, recover, play, recover, play, recover. And, and the Australian boys aren't used to it. Um, and I could see in the warm-up that was the fourth game they'd played in 12 days. Um, the, the boys were knackered, and then speaking to the boys afterwards, you know, they sort of said, oh, "I felt so much better in the second half. Got all the crap out my legs." and um, they, they felt a lot better physically in the second half, but I mean we were poor. We were poor in the first half. You know we're not going to hide behind that. We're we're honest. Um, you know we're not we're not going to say that we're good. We could have been four four two down, I think, in the first half. But um, at half time, you know we asked. We actually said to Daryl Lackman, you know, just get us to half time. You know we'll fix it for you. And um, sure enough, Ruben came in and gave the boys a bit of a, a stern. Uh, I wouldn't say it, was, it wasn't a telling off, but it was just to, you know, pull your heads in. Let's, this is what we need to do, and this is how you're going to fix it. And getting that goal straight after half time, I thought there was only one winner in the second half once we once we got that goal. So, yes, you know, Cameron Cook made some, a, a couple of good saves off deflections and whatnot, but um, I thought we were in the ascendancy in that second half. And I thought, you know, we were proud of the boys. The fact that they rolled their sleeves up and they dug in, um, they could have gone the other way at 2-0. Uh, they choose to roll their sleeves up and have a crack for each other. And, and we were really proud of them for, for that reason. You mentioned Cameron Cook there, Chris. Um, he's played the last three games and Liam Reddy has been the substitute goalkeeper. Is he now your number one going forward? Um, listen, at the end of the day, all three goalkeepers, we've, you know, we've got Pierce Clark there as well that's vying for a position. So um, Cameron Cook got his opportunity um, and he's done well. So you know they're all they're all number ones. They're all goalkeepers. So we don't put that stigma on any player or put that um, you're a number one on on anyone. You're not a number nine. So even when Adam Taggart comes in, you know if Adam's not doing the job and and whatnot, you know he's not he's not guaranteed a spot either. We we want to breed that competition for places. And Cameron Cook's come in, um, grabbed an opportunity, kept the clean sheet, and I thought he was excellent again. Um, on Saturday night. So, you know, there's no number ones. There's just people vying for positions, which I think is a healthy environment. Adam Taggart was due to play last Saturday night. That was when uh, they were gearing him up in relation to his preparation. Got a bit of a setback through injury. So where's he at at the moment? And uh, did he train this week? And is he far away? No, Adam was really close last week, Pete, to be honest with you. Like, he... um, he pushed himself a little bit too hard. He was pushing really hard to get back in. He's, he's desperate to pay, 
play you know play games, which is which is a great sign. But um, he just pushed a little bit hard on on Monday in, in a shooting session and, and just felt a bit of a twinge in his thigh. So fingers crossed. Um, obviously, we've got training tomorrow. Um, he'll be involved in that. Um, and if he can get through the session, then we're, then, you know, we're really hopeful that he'll be ready for this weekend. But, um, you know, we've, we've got some attacking options there, there that are doing well, David Williams and Brian Williams and, and Keegan Yellowfitch, et cetera. So, you know, if he's in the fray, um, but we're also not going to rush him back because we're mindful that we're at the halfway point of the season at this point. Um, so to get him in there too early and, and then he breaks down, over a slight, you know, thigh strain or a thigh tightness, um, it's not worth losing him for five or six weeks for, for one game. I'll tell you who I've enjoyed really watching so far this season, and he's been like a breath of fresh air. His skill is brilliant, particularly with the ball close to his feet, is the Tunisian Salim Khalifi, and I had a bit of a chat to uh-huh. him last week. And he was hoping, of course, he signed a two-year extension, and he's settled in very nicely here at Perth, Western Australia. He's enjoying himself here. We're enjoying his football. Is he available this week? Yeah, again, Pete, like he's very, very close, so... Um, I'm, I'm hoping. I, I hope he, you know, he's available this weekend because, do you know what? It's a privilege to watch him. Like he, he's a beautiful footballer, isn't he? Um, oh, great! You know, he, he's just fantastic to watch. You know, on the ball, he's energetic. He's. I compare him to Willie Pike, mate. I could see him riding <laughs> riding one in that. <laughs> He's um, he's just a technically gifted footballer that understands the game, and he's just got that real. Um, Centre of gravity where he can just go past people, and that's what that's what we want to see as, as football fanatics and, and and fans of the game. So he, he's touch and go, I think, for the weekend, but um, he's more more touch than go. So hopefully he's, he's in the squad this week, and if he can get through tomorrow on Friday, we'd be more than happy to have him in the squad. I can promise you that much. I've spoken to Ruben a few times on this program. Uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He, he played with passion as a footballer, and he certainly coaches with passion. Uh, you enjoying the partnership? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's quite funny, Pete, because um, the first time I met Ruben, other than playing against him, was in a Socceroos camp, and um, we we're in Dubai, and he wasn't tucking around. He was right back at the time I was centre back, and I've just gone for Ruben and sort of said, you know, get round here, you know, do your job, blah blah blah. And he was just going, nah, 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 you're wrong, I'm right. And then in the end, Tim Bates <laughs> had to step in, and we literally just walked at each other. We were, we were probably going to come to blows over it. And um, Tim Verbeek stepped in and goes, well, what are you saying to Ruben? And Ruben goes, oh, he's telling me to do this. I want to go and score goals. And he said, what are you saying? I said, well, I'm the last defender and there's a player up here. You're always plus one, blah, blah, blah. Ruben's like, nah, I'm right. You're wrong and blah, blah, blah. But we almost came to 50 cuffs over it. And he is passionate. He's always been passionate. And I enjoy working with someone as passionate as he is. But what people don't see behind that passion and that... Um, that lust or, or zest for the game that he's got. Like, he, he's a hyper-intelligent coach, Pete. Um, he's very good at what he does. Uh, he seems the game well. Look at what he done last last Saturday at halftime. Mm. So mm. you can misinterpret that passion and that um, um, heart-in-your-sleeve mentality for someone that just is aggressive, but he, he's not. He's a deep thinker of the game, and... I enjoy working with him because I learn every day. And, you know, I'm 44 years old now and, and been around the game a long time and I'm still learning. And, you know, I've learned a lot, a lot off Ruben. So, you know, we've got a good relationship. I'm, I'm probably the one that's a bit calmer sometimes. Um, but, uh, 
you know, he's doing a good job. You know, we've got a, a good squad. We're building a good squad. Uh, he's got a knife for talent, like you can see with Keegan Yelifich and, and whatnot. And, and we're hoping, you know, that we've been speaking to Andy Keogh and um, Tony Sage this week. You know, we're hoping to get a couple in um, to boost the squad because, you know, we are rebuilding and, and we're trying to get the right bodies in there. But in terms of Ruben's capabilities and, and what he's bringing to the team, like he's a, a fantastic gaffer and he's he's a pleasure to work with. But um, he does test you, like I said, because, you know, <laughs> I'm quite a placid man, and you know, for me to go to come to blows on the pitch with someone who's, who's unlike me, but um, you know, I, I respect that. I love the fact that he challenges people and gets the best out of. Yeah, no, nice story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Good on you there, Chris. Thanks for that. I know the chairman's function this Saturday night is sold out, hence the excitement uh, and the interest in this match between the victory and the Perth Glory kickoff seven thirty Saturday night. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us tonight. Appreciate it. No, my pleasure, Pete. Always great to speak to you, mate. Good on you. Chris Coyne there, the assistant to Ruben Zatkovich uh, at the Perth Glory. Great to have a chat to him. We'll take a break. We'll update the BBL match for you and what's happening in the tennis after the break here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos.